Good Tuesday morning to you, family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. It's morning coffee. Just thoughts in the early morning that I had, and I figured I would uh, share them with you. I actually read it yesterday, and I wanted to decide would I still talk about it if it still was in my mind, heart, and spirit. So, Jen Hatmaker, I read uh, her posts on Facebook as well as listen to her podcast. I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head, but it's a good podcast. Uh, And her statement yesterday was the following. And I thought it made great conversation for coffee time this morning. So get you a cup of coffee or tea and tune in. She says, I'm not sure I will ever be able to articulate the betrayal these last few years have felt like watching the church that raised me fall into lockstep with Trump. It is actually shocking. The white supremacy, the brutal anti-immigrant policies, the immorality, the absolute depravity, every value supposedly held dear, purity, loving kindness, integrity, humility, turned out to be meaningless when they interfered with the proximity to power. So many of us feel like spiritual orphans abandoned by our spiritual leaders and disassociated from the church that once taught us to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with our God. It was and remains one of the great sorrows of my adult life. If Biden is elected, the Christians who threw themselves at Trump and defended his indefensible words and deeds will now be left empty-handed. They got their 30 pieces of silver, but they lost their witness, their integrity, and next generation of the church. And as I said below to a commenter, this is not a tactic uh, endorsement of Biden. It is grief over the Christian defense and rabid support of Trump. I will never get over it. My kids will never get over it. You know, I get it. You know, on uh, many levels, I get the sentiment of what it is that she says. Uh, and I don't dispute her feelings. She has every right to post what she she thinks. I believe wholeheartedly people should be themselves and post what they think. And I can tell you that this morning's coffee is not a rally cry support for uh, Biden, nor would it be a rally cry support for for Trump. Yet I think the subject of of the post is is about really looking at the church and what the church represents and how, that's what she's saying thematically, how it's felt to specifically, you know, know the values that the church has, you know, purity, loving kindness, integrity, humility, and they turned out to be meaningless when they interfered with the proximity of power. You know, when I read that, I think it's almost as if the church is synonymous with the tale of two cities. I'd say it's almost in some cases like the church <clears throat> represents the tale of multiplicitous uh, experiences. Really, think about it. Uh, and here's why I say that. 
I say that because I was thinking, you know, this morning when I thought about this podcast and when I make, you know, morning coffee and, and, and just have this conversation just to throw out thoughts, feel free to reach out to encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com and let us know, do you feel, you know, with all this going on, do you feel like spiritual orphans that are abandoned by, you know, your spiritual leaders and disassociated from the church? You know, is that experience related uh, question one is that experience related to the way uh, the election as it relates to Trump and Biden or have you felt that all along um, on various issues or is there some other issue so please always feel free to reach out to the podcast at encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com but like I was saying uh, I was thinking about this post this morning and I was in the song that came to my mind was uh trying to think am I gonna sing it it's the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord she is his new creation of water and the word Uh, from heaven he came and sought her to be his only bride and with his own blood he bought her and for her love he died I mean we sang that because I grew up Christian Methodist Episcopal we sang that often and if you and as a member of the United Methodist Church you know when I was attending before COVID they will sing that song too and I I bring that up because it's the semblance of the foundation of the church I think of it in the terms of what what Jen Hatmaker means when she's talking about you know the values that the church and who the church taught us to be and how it is a earth-shattering experience because for many people these are the foundations of, of of who they are or they were part of the layering in foundations as we build ourselves up and, and learned and grew in our faith and then you learn later that the foundation that you're standing on is not really secure because you know leaders that you thought or church as it's represented to you you know they were supposed to be this or they said that they held these values yet it doesn't align with uh, the way that they are now and I think that's a common experience regardless if it's Trump and Biden or you know the experience that many people have had and I think the problem that has come um, out of this um, is that you know like I said it's it's often the tale of two very multiplicit uh, experiences because I was thinking also uh, last night and I wrote it down because I, I didn't want to lose it is I often question you know, do we really hold these values about church today? You know, some would argue that I learned to hate myself in church. Race, identity, expressions, gender, all seem lesser in church. It's difficult to hear the word purity because for people uh, born in female-identified bodies, identifying as female, the years of teaching that paint them, uh, us, or when, when you held, you know, that space for that as temptress to cover themselves, to be silent, not even, we can't even begin to get on the lessons of patriarchy or heteronormativity or the fact that love itself was painted in, in two contrasts. On one hand, love represented Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, uh, but also in sometimes in church spaces, love was conditional. If you're obedient, uh, if you follow specifically what the the leader, the laity said that God says, or if you were heterosexual, if you hadn't had an abortion, if you hadn't uh, gotten pregnant out of wedlock, if you only had one spouse, 
people are debating in church spaces if LGBTQTIAS are people of God. Churches will welcome you, but not affirm you. You have situations where we can sing and we can pray, but you won't let us teach, preach, or prophesy or lead unless we denounce they. You call him, they, them, her, my friend with air quotes. And if there is acknowledgement at all, if there even is acknowledgement at all, you know, loving kindness, humility, and integrity are great ideals with matching scriptures. Yet sometimes in that experience, there are no black laity, few black people in the church, and our pastor doesn't even denounce white supremacy either. I mean, I've attended churches where the leader talked about Stokely Carmichael as uh, a person of hate speech. I'm like, as compared to what? But I digress. Uh, and also depending on one's identity, it's true that we have multiple identities. And this isn't new. Patriotism, in my opinion, is about as romanticized sometimes as these values. And please know I mean no disrespect. They have been on display for years. My neighbor right next to me at church work and in my subdivision doesn't even see me as human. And I say that because you look at the way that, you know, experiences as it relates to the George Floyds and the many litany of other experiences. So it's often like, which church are we really describing? And I'm not saying that Jen Hatmaker is wrong in her comments and in her feelings. I just often feel we're describing and, and, and holding grief and lamentations for two different spaces. And that's often the problem, in my opinion, um, as it as it comes to church and church spaces, whether it's this issue, you know, and the, the issue is feeling like spiritual orphans abandoned. Sometimes I felt abandoned and like an orphan, orphan in church spaces because Abba, having a relationship with Abba, loving Abba, serving in church ministry was an exclusivity, an exclusivity that it had so many conditions that I would never be able to meet even if I tried. Or the problem of the fact that while the church would teach us to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with our God, it seemed like those had conditions. Or better yet, we didn't do it. We only did it within the walls. Or we only, you know, went over to certain countries. We didn't go to, you know, all to all of them. Or it just, it just had, it just had conditions. That's just the best way to describe it. I can't come up with a way to articulate it. And I pray that what I'm saying makes sense to you, because what I'm trying to share in the morning coffee edition is <clears throat> our ability to to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly. We should be moving in that no matter what, at all times. And I think the problem has been that we don't do that, that we only do it within the walls, that we, we only do it in certain conditions. And, and more so, you know, these great issues of leaders, you know, aligning themselves with Trump, whether you feel that, that that's right or wrong, that's not new. Because patriarchy and racism and heteronormativity uh, and white supremacy have been here for years. And I think on many levels with Jen Hatmaker, if you read many of her posts today and uh, over the last uh, several months and year, you know, she's waking up to the idea and the reality that white, uh, white supremacy exists. 
but for us of different identities black people of color trans identity we know it's been here for a long time this is new information this ain't new this this is this is the way that it is and the question isn't just the way that it is is what will be done in order to fix it because empathy doesn't do it I was I, I want to uh, find and I haven't listened to it in its inter- entirety but I think it was Reverend Otis Moss that's affiliated with the UCC church did a, a great sermon uh, this uh, summer that was talking about the cross and the lynching tree so that's another great book I listed in, in the scholarly commons uh, books of, of things to read but you know, ultimately, I I understand. You know, the idea of feeling spiritual, uh, spiritually abandoned. I get that. Is it sorrowful? Yeah, I get that too. Um, I thought it was interesting that this the synonym she tied when she talked about uh, if Biden is elected, the Christians who threw themselves at Trump and defended his indefensible words and deeds will not be left empty-handed. They got their thirty pieces of silver. Well, you know. The 30 pieces of silver in my mind represents uh, Judas <clears throat> Iscariot and, you know, how he's, you know, sold out Christ. Judas was necessary. It, 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 Judas was necessary. Um, did they lose their witness, their integrity? I don't know if they lost their witness and integrity because I think what they're witnessing and their in, inter- integrity are, are not necessarily the same that we have when you really think about it. Did we lose the next generation of the church? I don't know if we've lost the next generation of the church. I'm not prophetic, so that's not my that's not my skill set. Yet I do think when we look at, at the next generation of the church and what people believe about church, I really think we're gonna have to come to this table and really re-examine what church means. I like to tell you it's reimagined, and I know there's a, a a radio show in which I said reimagine, and I don't dispute what I initially said yet. You know, later I was thinking that sometimes the problem with the word reimagined church is people think we're going to make up stuff that was never true or never there. And so I'm cognizant and fully aware of that. But when I, I think of what needs to be done as far as the next generation of church, I do think we need to re-envision church. We need to really look at a lot of these systems that have existed, you know, and really what worked and what did what didn't work and i say that because within systems regardless of the system there are things that possibly were good or that possibly were beneficial or there's also the idea that you need to tear them all down and start again but if you go the the option of tearing them all down and start again what's the framework in which you're going to rebuild and and make it better and will we really be bringing everybody to the table or will we only be bringing the people who look like us think like us vote like us believe like us to the table and that to me is the question for the next generation of church what what will it mean because I think that some of the things that it meet has meant presently the reason that there's so many people that feel spiritually abandoned and 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 like orphans is because it wasn't cre- it wasn't built on a foundation that was solid I don't know in many times the Jesus that some people represent, you know, say that exists or the God that they say that we have. I don't know if that's the same. It, do, it doesn't necessarily 
I want to say feel, but it's not feel. It just it just isn't the same. That's that's not the true nature of who God is. That's not the true nature of Christ. In some um, in some of these conversations and spaces, because you know these conversations are happening in these various online communities. As people, you know, some people are in church physically on Sunday, and some people are not. But in thinking about these conversations and the people that are listening to these conversations and the people that are living in this life. Who is Jesus? Who is God? What does that mean for our everyday life? What does it mean to walk out uh, love and grace and mercy and compassion and kindness? Those are the questions of the day that, you know, we're just having morning coffee. I think those are things to think about. You know, what does that mean? Whether we're talking about the election Oh, we're talking about everyday life. Those, those values are important. Let me know what you think. Like I said, this was just morning coffee. I hope that what I've said, you know, makes sense or encourage your mind, your heart, and spirit and gave you some things to think about. But I just read that post and there were so many things I thought and I was trying to share them in a succinct way. Be blessed. Have a great day. I love you. You'll never change it. Feel free to reach out to the podcast on your thoughts at Encouraging Your Spirit Podcast at gmail.com.